Good afternoon, Bezrat Hashem. We are now starting the fifth volume, Sheikh Yanu Vikimyanu Vikimyanu Lazmanazeh, of the Turbim Rabbanan English series. Um, the first year deals with electric appliances, and the first topic is what happens in if uh, there's spillages in the refrigerator. I'm going to skip that for now, and please God will come back to it at the end of the year. But I want to deal with start off with ovens because I think that is the most halakhala maise and where is this <coughs> what is the halakha do we need two ovens can we use one oven if we do use one oven are there limitations as we'll see there are many opinions where does the whole uh, problem begin with at the outset I have to say that in the Gemara it doesn't mention anywhere that there's a problem of cooking um, in an oven, one after the other. The Gemara mentions the t- problem of Reicha. Reicha is, is what we'll literally call the smell that might be, go, be transferred from one, uh, if you cook meat and milk, in the same oven at the same time. The Gemara is concerned of Reicha, that the flavor of the meat will be transferred to the milk or, the, or, or vice versa, etc., that's a Gemara's discussion regarding Reicha, and it has a whole discussion if the meat is fatty, is it not fatty? It seems that based on that discussion, it is clear that if you do it one after the other, not simultaneously, there's no problem at all. And the Gemara doesn't seem to mention that there's a problem, <coughs> and the only problem that is of flavor, which is Reicha, and the Gemara only suggests that problem is when it is being cooked simultaneously. What could be the problem of when it is not simultaneous? So here we have a famous uh, opinion of the, of the Rosh. And the Rosh is a tshuva. He writes as follows. Shesha'alta, this is a tshuva in uh, Siman Chaf, uh, Sifkatan Chaf Vav. I'm on page 30. The Rosh asks as follows. Shaalta al-ilfas cholevet. You have a milk frying pan filled with milk. Can I put it in the oven uh, underneath the fleshic pot? So I'm going to, I've got my fleshic pot at the top of the oven. I want to put my milk frying pan at the bottom. Nir Eli says the Rosh Asur, that is prohibited. And even Bidi Eved, he would say that the pot on top would become treif. Because the steam that rises from the frying pan is basically considered like milk. As we've learned in the Mishnah in Machshirin. You have a bathhouse that is impure. The steam also is metamate. So you basically see that the steam carries the same din as the water itself. The Torah uh, And it's got a din of Torah if it's Bechiyutan. Bechiyutan is basically a principle in, in whether something can be susceptible to impurity or not. And it's based on whether I wanted it to be there. For example, we know that, f- that foods can only be susceptible to tumor if they come in contact with one of the seven liquids. So what happens if it comes in contact with a liquid that I'm not, I didn't want it to become in contact with that liquid. So then it might not be susceptible to tumor and tara. 
That's a principle of Chiyutan. When you were you favored at becoming wet. So I'm not going to get into here. He's making a distinction. The din of Tumah and Tara, whether it's dependent on Bechiyutan, might be that din. He continues. If you have a pool in the house and the house is steamy because of it, right? If the steam is tame, or if the, the pool is tame, we see that the steam is also, uh, is also um, going to uh, make it impure. So we see from here that basically steam. Steam is got the same din as um, steam as the same din as the actual food itself. So says the Rosh, based on that, if I have a milchik frying pan with milk in it and the steam rises up, it's going to it's going to trafe up the meat on top of it. The sweat of a person is pure. Basically, if it's going to come through a person's body, I don't know, we don't have to worry about it. However, But if it came from a body of water, and that body of water then became steam, that would be a problem. From all of the above we see, That the steam that arises from something, has retains its original status unless it goes through a person's body whatever like that but other other barring that if i've got milk and then there's steam that steam is considered milk and it's going to impact the pot above now based on this by the way so so the rosh says although we haven't seen this halacha explicitly of zaya of steam when it comes to kashrut we can apply it from the principles of Tumah and Tara. Says the Mishkanot Yaakov, it's not brought down in the, uh, in the Tzurba, but I'll just say it by the Mishkanot Yaakov says, no, that, that, that uh, uh, um, assertion is incorrect. That perhaps the din of steam is actually got a din of its burnt, its nisraf. And since it's nisraf, he says, when is it going to be a problem? It's going to be a problem with things like a vodazara, where even if something is burnt, it's still got a problem of a vodazara. But in general, regarding kashrut, once something is burnt, doesn't it loses its original status? So that's the opinion of the Mishkanot Yaakov, which we don't accept. We basically, as we'll see, the Shulchan Aruch says, he quotes over here, Machmat Shelchalav. This is the Shulchan Aruch in Yoradea Tzadi Bet Sivchet. You have a pan, a dairy pan. That that they put on the stove underneath the the kedera shel basar a pot full of meat the steam goes into the pot above and prohibits the pot. Says Rama, the kolse myri shamachvat megula. This is if the frying pan underneath was revealed, and therefore vazea olamina machalat smola kadera shalea, and therefore the steam goes into the rises above and goes into the pot. The gam myri shubekarov kolkach, and it has to be 
that the pot, the frying pan underneath, is close enough that the steam has got the temperature of Yad Soledet where it hits the pot above it. But if the steam is not Yad Soledet, then everything is permitted. Okay, so so far, what have we got? We've seen that we, all of a sudden the Rosh tells us that there's a problem of steam. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins it. The Ramah explains that's only obviously if the pot is revealed. If the pot isn't revealed, then the steam's not going to rise. But if it does rise, it's going to be a problem. But then he adds a caveat. He says that the steam has to be Yad Soledet for. And he adds that they have to be in a certain distance from each other. That Bekarov Kolkach Shayad Soledet for. That the steam is still Yad Soledet when it hits the pot above it. Okay? Are, so, we, are we talking about the outside of the pot? Or are we talking about the pot has to be uncovered so it's, the steam is getting to the inside of the pot? Are we, we're talking about pot number one is the milk. Right, we're talking about the, the meat pot, I'm sorry. The meat pot doesn't make a difference if it's covered or not because we're worried about the steam rising right. from the milk pot. Right. And as soon as it hits the bottom of the meat pot, it makes no difference if the meat pot it's is... on the outside. Even no. if the meat pot is closed, right. Right, it's going to penetrate the meat pot. Okay. And that's going to make the meat pot asso. Okay. Right? <clears throat> Look at Rabbi Akiva Ega. Rabbi Akiva Ega says, Shayad soledet bezea. He's quoting the Ramah over here and he explains, Vi'im ein hayad soledet bezea. If the steam itself isn't yad soledet. Now, the steam to be yad soledet, I think it has to be quite. Uh, I mean, it means that you basically have to burn your hand by, by, if you have. Not sure how. Okay. He says it's mutar. Unless, but now look at the words of the Rabbi Akiva When does the Ramah need the steam to be hot? When the pot on top is cold. But if the pot on top itself is hot, then I don't need the steam to be yadzoleted because as soon as it hits the pot, it's going to, it's going to become heated. And therefore, says the Rabbi Akiva, that's a prat in the Ramah. Now, that is a huge, huge nafkamina. Uh, if we were to have taken the Ramah, as I explained it previously, one could argue that how much steam is Yad Soledet mm. in a regular oven, right? But if you want to say that, no, as long as the pot on top is hot, we're going to be in trouble because obviously the top of the oven, the actual roof of the oven is Yad Soledet, certainly, right? So therefore, what's going to happen now is that it's going to absorb it and it's going to trafe up the oven. Lichora. And this seems to be the problem. But let's say, okay, so we've trafed up the oven. But what have we done? All, all, all we've done is that we have a pot here. I have a meat pot. Uncovered. So the steam is going to go and going to be absorbed in the roof of the oven. Great. I take it out, oven cools down, and now I put in my milk pot. My milk pot also uncovered, the steam goes up and it's going to be absorbed in the roof of the oven. Who cares? Okay, so, the, so, so the, I can't cook on the roof of the oven. I'm not cooking on the roof of the oven, right? So w- what's the problem? So look at the Dagum Mervava. 
the Noda Yehuda, the Noda Yehuda, Rabbi Yechezkel Landau, uh, wrote a few very important svarim. His major sefer is his responsa, which he called the Nodam Yehuda, um, and that he wrote on behalf of his father, whose name was Yehuda. And then he wrote a commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, where he called it Dagul Mer Baba, and that was Lichvod, uh, his mother. So he wrote a, a, a book. So his Dagul Mer Baba, he explains as follows. Okay, now he says like this. Also, the Mulchik frying pan became prohibited. Now, how, how did that work? We said, we, we, we're talking about the case of the Ramah. Remember, the Ramah talks about a Machvat, which is a Mulchik frying pan filled with milk. On top of that, you have a meat Kadeira pot. The steam goes up and hits the Kadeira and trapes up the Kadeira. So far, I understand. Comes along the, the, the Dagum Rabbi and says, oh, but by the way, you should know, not only is the, milk, the meat Kadeira on top going to be prohibited, but also the frying pan down below is also prohibited. How does that work? He says, because the Se'ah... The Ze'ah becomes prohibited itself and prohibits, kind of goes down and prohibits the frying pan. And he says, and you should know this from the Ramah in Kuf Chet. Right? Uh, where, 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 what is that uh, referring to? So let's read the Ramah. Imafu Otsalu. And now I'm on the Ramah in Kuf Chet. Right? You're there, Kuf Chet Sif Aleph. If I, I, I baked or I roasted something treif, right? Uh, under one pot, if the thing underneath was revealed, I wasn't covered. Asura right? It's prohibited even bedieved. And this is true also regarding bread and meat. You cannot eat this bread with uh, milk. But one after the other, you don't have to worry about. Unless, right, the, the, the pan gave off steam... Um, because of both of them. Then they would be prohibited even if they were both revealed. Because then it's considered like a kiss of a kadeira. The kiss of the kadeira basically absorbs the flavor just like the pot itself. So the Dagul Mervava wants to say that based on this Ramah, we have to worry that the steam basically comes down and is going to prohibit the the food itself so what's the problem i put in a pot of meat into the oven the steam goes up it is then absorbed in the roof of the oven then i put in my milchik uh, food afterwards the steam is going to come down and mix in with the milchik pot and that is basically uh, the dagul mervava's concern and based on that we have a problem now 
of um, having a milk and a meat oven being used, um, the, the same oven being used for milk and meat, even when, uh, in, not, even when it's not simultaneous. Yeah. Is there any distinction made between a ceramic pot and a metal pot? Because originally everything, the ovens were all made of pottery, they, mm-hmm. right? and those things absorb a metal pot and I don't know if it absorbs in the same way that, that a ceramic pot will absorb. I don't think it absorbs in the same way, but it definitely does absorb. Um, there are very few things that don't absorb. In Halakha, the only thing that Chazal talk about that perhaps don't absorb, or at least the poskim talk about that might not absorb, is, is glass. And that's a big machlok between Svarim and Ashkenazim. Right? But other than that, definitely metal, we assume, does absorb. That's a, a given in all the... Uh, it's actually from the Torah. The Torah talks about the metal pots. Clay Midian was talking about Nechoshet, etc. It was talking about metal. Right? So we definitely know that metal absorbs. Does it absorb to the same extent as ceramics, etc.? It's actually the Poskim don't, doesn't matter because they all absorb. Okay. Now, based on this, now that we've got the basic um, background to our sugya, we are going to find four different approaches on whether one can use the same oven for meat and milk. The first opinion is the opinion of the Aruch HaShulchan. It says the Aruch HaShulchan, bedin This is the Aruch HaShulchan in Sadi Bet, Siman Nun Hei, Source 21, page 33. mit barer lanu. Regarding steam, it is... Um, Clarified to us, that Zaya is only a problem when it is completely surrounded, i.e., there's no room for the steam to escape. But not in an open area. Like the Kira, which was the, uh, some type of uh, uh, um, oven in the times of Chazal where there was, was basically um, a kira, was a stove. There was a hole at the top, and they used to put the kadeira on top of the hole, right? So now you put something underneath, there's no place for the steam to go anywhere, right? Um, there's no place for the steam to exit. But in our ovens, where there is a lot more air, it sounds like according to the Aruch HaShulchan, the size of our ovens mean that it's not, we don't worry that the steam basically goes and penetrates because it dissipates in the airspace. Now the problem is no one's giving us exact measurements. Right? The Aruch HaShulchan makes a distinction. He says, okay, there is a problem of Zaya. However, this problem of Zaya is in a very small oven. Our ovens today are not that size, and therefore we don't have to worry about it. And therefore, according to uh, Aruch HaShulchan, it wouldn't be a problem of this Zaya. If you just read Rav Chaim Jachta, he says like this. According to the approach of the Aruch HaShulchan, what would be permitted to cook milk and meat consecutively in the same oven, provided the oven is clean. 
The cleanliness of the oven eliminates the problem of reicha, right, of actual flavor being transferred. And the fact that we're not cooking in a small confined areas removes the problem of zaya. Then he continues, Rav Herschel Shechter routinely tells inquirers that they may adopt this approach. And Rav Shechter holds that the problem of zaya applies only to hevel, thick steam, and assertion supported by the Bir Hagra. Now I want, to, I want to just clarify that statement. Now Shechter wants to make a distinction between hevel and zaya. The Gemara in, in, uh, uh, might be talking about Zaya, but uh, there was a, the Mishnah in Machshirin, but there's a, the, the Gemara in Chulin Kuvche talks about Hevel. Now the Vilna Gaon, when he, talks, when he brings a Makar for this Din, he doesn't quote the Rosh, he first quotes the Gemara in Chulin Kuvche, and then he also mentions the Tshuva of the Rosh. What's the difference? So says Rav Shech, there's a difference between Hevel and Zaya. One is a very thick, thick steam, and one is um, uh, a, different, uh, a different type of uh, what we would call the regular steam, right? The regular steam. So, based on that, based on that, we're going to say that, no, it's going to be a din of a counter of shechta. It's the difference between heavy steam. Where there it could be that it does come back down, and what the Dagul Merivava was saying goes in, but can, and can also come down, and not necessarily connected to the Aruch Hashulchan. Rav Chaim Jacht is putting them together. He's saying that basically the Aruch Hashulchan says because there's space it dissipates and we don't have to worry about it. It seems that Rav Shechter is distinguishing between different types of steam. That's a different chiluk altogether. But nevertheless, it seems everyone puts the Rav, Rav Shechter and, and the Aruch HaShulchan together. Um, so, so, so we're going to put them in one. But there could be a distinction between the two. What would be an example of thick steam? Thick steam, I would imagine, is, is um, you know, when you, when you have like a, a, a plate of soup mm-hmm. right, on the stove and you... And you Leave it to thing, and there's mamish steam coming out like that, as opposed to you put in regular foods that have a bit of gravy and there's a bit of steam. It's not, it's not like uh, the same. I think part, part, part of the problem is, is that it's difficult to distinguish what's thick steam, what's not. But uh, that seems, according to Rav Shechter, he seems we can assume that today what you put in the oven generally doesn't have thick steam. According to the Aruch HaShulchan, you don't have to worry about it because. Our ovens are bigger, and therefore the steam dissipates, and therefore we don't have a problem, right? Um, this is also Rav Kapach. Look at Rav, pa- Rav Kapach. He says like this: "B'tanurei chashmal ta'echad nireli sheheter gamuhu leefot ben gam basar vegam balav gam chalav kamuvan betavniot nifradot b'zeacharzeh." You have to. You can cook them in separate pans. Uh, uh, not one after the other, not simultaneously. And if you want to be machmir, then just heat your food for uh, heat the oven for fifteen minutes, right before before cooking the other uh, the other type. And that will get rid of any of the flavor that was absorbed in the walls. 
and he says we don't have to worry about the flavor because we don't consider Ereicha flavor. And second of all, you're not cooking on the walls of the oven, you're cooking on, you know, the trays or whatever it is, and therefore, and it's in its own dish, and therefore it wouldn't be a problem. So according to Rav Herschel Shechter and Rav Kapach, basically as long as you wait for the oven to cool down, make sure the oven is clean, there's no bain, you could cook meat and milks um, one after the other consecutively and it wouldn't be a problem. Rav Lichtenstein right, and Rav Ovad Yosef uh, take a slightly more machmir approach, says Rav Ovad Yosef in Yavir Omer, and you see that it Can you bake something which has got cheese in it? Right? In a separate dish. And he answers. You have to wait 24 hours and then you can do it right? and using a separate vessel for the Mulchiktin. You have to first heat the oven 20 minutes. And that will get rid of any of the steam that still remained. That's assuming that it's uncovered. So, yes, yes. We assume that there was uncovered. Everything that I'm talking about now is you cooking things that were uncovered. Wait 24 hours, then heat the oven for 20 minutes, and then you can go. He says, however, Those who are makele to cook even less than 24 hours, you don't have to worry about it. Or, sorry, not that you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to rebuke them. Because one can uh, be, they, they have whom to rely on. Says Rav Chaim Jechter, now he's quoting Rav Lichtenstein. Although Rav Lichtenstein is permit one to eat, eat in a home where the opinion of the Arucha Shulchan is followed, i.e. no waiting at all, one after the other, no problem. He recommends that one adopt a, strict, a stricter standard Suggests that one other way 24 hours between cooking milk and meat in the same oven, right? And this seems to be the opinion of Ramosha Feinstein, as we'll see later on. Or, cash the oven between cooking milk and meat in the same oven within 24 hours. One cashes the oven for this purpose by cleaning it and letting it run for an hour at the maximum temperature. So, Rav Aaron over here is saying it's either or. Either you wait 24 hours, or alternatively, you basically put it on the highest temperature for an hour. So that's a, a big difference. Uh, Rabbi Vadi Yosef said, wait 24 hours, and then kasher it for 20 minutes, and those who are makele, yeshlem amili small. Rabbi Aaron gave two different options. Okay, so that's we'll call approach number two. Approach number three, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. And Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was basically asked by someone... Uh, in the Chuba. Yeah, excuse me. Yes. Do, do they say why they don't want to follow the Arucha Shulchan? Do they explain why? Or? Um, the Arucha Shulchan makes, makes a, 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 an assumption. 
that our, our ovens are bigger than their ovens, and therefore, therefore right. the rule of the steam... I mean, do they say that specifically that's the problem with the Arakos oven, or do they give a different... Well, they don't give a reason. Or I, I don't. Uh, Rav, Rav is not. He didn't write it, so it's just a quotation in his name. I'm not sure what he says in the Abia Omer. To, to be honest, I haven't gone through that trivia why he why he didn't accept it. But uh, I think that is the the basic answer. Um, on the other hand, one could argue that this whole problem is assuming that you're basically going to have a blia. The, the absorption hits the roof and then it's going to come back down. We saw that that was only according to the Dagul Merivava and how he understood the, um, the Ramah. Right. One could argue, and there were people that argued, that says, hold on a second. First of all, that Blia, who says it's going to come down? And even if it does come down, maybe it's Batal the Shishin, right? So maybe you don't have to worry about it. And um, so all, all, all of these questions basically um, and even if you say it does come down maybe it's got a din of nak bar nat right not ten time bar not ten time that it got, it got weaker so Rav Moshe was asked these questions and his, his, his questions were basically three questions were posed to him he said they said maybe one can be makele because our ovens are bigger than what the Ramah was talking about and maybe we can make uh, be makele because the Shulchan Aruch was talking about a case where the, the steam had nowhere to escape, but our ovens have a, a, some type of ventilator at the back where there's a vent and the, 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 the air can go, go out there. And thirdly, basically, the, what I just mentioned now, that basically, even if you say that it was absorbed in the roof, maybe it's Batab Shishim or not Barnat, says Rav Moshe Feinstein regarding all three of those uh, questions, he doesn't accept it, right? And he, he rebuts each one. So he says like this, If there was steam, Even after 24 hours, I according to Moshe, there really is a problem. Then he says, but I'm not sure if we generally have to be concerned for Zea. Unless the pan gave off steam from both of them. If both of them were revealed. Implying that in general I don't have to worry about Zayah. It's only if you see it. But then he says, in our ovens, Shestumim begag, right? If they've got a roof, bekotalim vadaim mezia or sheyoter noteshi azia. It seems like there definitely is zia. Lachen yesh lahachmir lamaise shelo levashel betanur kterot megulot. So says Reb Moshe Feinstein, you cannot have, can't cook uh, in the same oven open meat and open milk, implying that if it's covered, at least one of them, then it wouldn't be a problem. And that seems to be a very accepted suck. That basically a person will make their oven meat oven. And if they want to cook a mochik product, they just cook the product um, when it's covered. Look at the next Igrot Moshe. There was a Igrot Moshe mem. This is a continuation. He says like this. Vinay. Im lo nit bashel betanuk terot 
בדבר לך. אלה שאפו או בישלו דברים יבשים. Let's say you... Um, <coughs> baking bread. שהם אוכלים בלא משקין. איתה בפרימה גדים. It says in the פרימה גדים that what? דזיעת אוכלין אינו אוסר. That the steam of bread is not אוסר. אבל כתב בלשון אפשר. But he only says it in a language of it's possible. At Mashmash Mistapek Ladina. So he's, um, he's, um, he's doubtful that maybe this is not the din. But if it's uh, dry completely, Mashmash Mistapek Klaal Matir Babirul. But if it's completely dry, it seems like he would say it's, it's completely okay. Vimkain Bafu Bishlu Rakt Varim Yevashim. יש להתיר לדידי בזה אחר זה אף בהזיעו. So if it's dry things, it would be okay even if there was steam. ומכל מקום למעשה בוודאי הזיעו יש להחמיר. But if you do see steam, it seems like you should be מחמיר, אבל בסתם אין לחוש לשם הזיעו בדברים יבשים. But if it's just you didn't see it, you have to assume, then maybe one can be maker or mutter בסתמה בזה אחר זה, and therefore would be permitted. I've, I've, I've really, never really understood the growth, Moshe, what scenario is he talking about? What you didn't, you, you, if it's, like, when you open the oven, there's always kind of a, 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 a steam that hits your face, no? Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, is he saying that that's not really considered steam? Because even chala, chala, there is steam, right? And if you cover it with egg yolk, So is that considered a, a, a mashkin? It's wet already. It's wet. Is that a problem or not? So, um, so, so if, you, if you have a flagic oven and you make challah in it, then, then are you allowed to eat it with milfics? Mm-hmm. Ah, that is a very uh, important question. If you look at your Tzurba volume 4, I wrote, right. a, uh, I wrote a, a long um, a discussion about that. And I can't remember which essay it is. But um, I, wrote a, I wrote that topic, exactly on that topic, but it's, it's, it's a, read it up because it's too long to, uh, to deal with. Where was it? You remember? Page 99. Page 99. Page 99 in volume 4. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so, Rabbi Yomin Forst, he says as follows. Taste cannot travel from utensil to utensil without the medium of liquid. Nevertheless, use of the same oven racks for meat and dairy pots can at times be problematic. Foods occasionally spill from pots while cooking in an oven, soiling the rack. Thus, one should be concerned lest the dairy pot be placed over meat residue on the rack. Some, and basically, you're going to have your, there's going to be some liquid and then it's going to absorb. Some contemporary authorities ruled that one may assume that any food residue on the rack has certainly dried and is no longer able to impart taste. No, that's just Nisraf. Right. <laughs> However, other authorities contend that even if no meat residue is presently on the rack, dairy pots should not be placed on the rack. And this seems to be If you look at uh, source, uh, at the footnote number 19, it's a between the Igrot Moshe and the Minchat Yitzhak. The Igrot Moshe was Meichel, and the Minchat Yitzhak was Machmer. Continues uh, Rabbi Forst, however, uh, contact of hot meat and dairy pots 
is to be avoided even when no liquor is present. One who wishes to avoid any question should treat his oven racks as either meat or dairy, and then you spread aluminium foil over the rack when cooking the other type. So that's a, a khumrah that one could adopt uh, based on that. Okay, so basically according to this third opinion of Rav Moshe Feinstein, um, you shouldn't cook meat and milk both open, but if one of them is covered, then it would be okay. The final approach is the tshuva of the tshuvot v'anagot and the badei ashulcha. The Ramah says, mechuse, in the, if the, the drying, frying pan was covered, it's all permitted. I call shari, because that's like two pots that are touching. We have a cloud. The two pots that are touching, the flavor cannot be transferred without any liquid. So if you just have two pots, it's not a problem. How much more so with the steam? However, this is, you should be careful. What does it mean you should be careful? Says the Ktab Sofer. We worry that the lid won't be complete. And then the steam is going to escape. And based on that, we have the Truvot Vanagot. Says Rav Moshe Sternbuch. This leniency is when you, you designate your meat, your, your oven to be meat. And then once in a blue moon, you want to make something milk for Shavuot, okay. In that case, you can be machshered how we've explained based on the other poskin that we've seen before. Aval. But if you want to continually use this for meat and milk, we don't rely on this leniency of just covering it. Mm-hmm. A, you're not going to cover it properly. And there's always going to be some liquid, some moisture. And then the steam will go up. In such a case, one should have two separate ovens. Look at the Badea Shulchan, or five coin. One should be stringent where it's possible. The Efshar Sheyulo Lotzorich Hashimush Betanur Mikvar Miyuchad Lebasar or Mikvar Sheni Lechalav. That you should have different grates for milk and different grates for meat. Kadesh Lo Yeh Nivla. He's worried now about using the same grates. You know, put some type of foil, tin foil over. It sounds like he's saying, one should have two ovens for those who, who can. So this is basically the machloikas in the Jewish world. What do you do? Do you have one oven? Do you have two ovens? It seems, Rav Shechter says, I have one oven, use it for meat, use it for milk, 
Aruch HaShulchan, just make sure that it's clean, there's no Ba'im, Gesundheit. Rabbi Lichtenstein, Rabbi Ovadia, basically say, wait 24 hours, then according to Rabbi Lichtenstein, you could use it, according to Rabbi Ovadia, still like the, uh, put the oven on for 20 minutes. Um, but both of them are saying, you know, you can eat at someone's house if they, they, they make a like the Aruch HaShulchan. You have Rav Moshe Feinstein that basically says you can't use it for meat and milk, but if one of them is covered, it's going to be okay. You have Rav Feibel Coin and Rav Sternbuch saying, look, if you're going to do it uh, on a continual basis, you know, one, you know, every week you're going to be heating your, your milchiks, but you're just going to cover it, it's not great. It's not great. According to Rav Feibel Coin, we're worried about the grates, um, and, uh, you know, the, the lid might become uncovered. In that case, uh, one should really get two different st- uh, ovens. So that, in a nutshell, are the different opinions when it comes to when it comes to an oven. Okay. In our very uh, uh, short time, let's go to microwaves. Um, so Sefer Kashrut says Tanur Mikrogal Ragil Hamashamesh Achverak Lafsharat Mazon Ochimumos just to defrost food or heat things up. Yesh Matirim Lishamesh Bolachalabiyulo Basari Lachilofin. Some allow heating both meat and milk consecutively, on condition that the food is completely sealed, and it's also not directly on the glass plate. And something that's parava, that you can have without any cover. Some basically say it's going to be a milchik microwave, and if you want to heat up something meat, you have to cover it. The Pnei Alacha says like this: Bediyeved imchivamu belokisui kenidrash. Bediyeved, if something was uh, cooked without a cover, hamachal kasher, the the food itself is going to be mekel. Bim gamlo yatah hafrada bein hamachal letzalachat. And if there wasn't any separation between the, the, the bowl and the, the plate where the bowl is resting on, and basically the plate might have been dirty, and then you, you're going to have that in that case, the food is going to be uh, going to be asur. Um, so basically, when it comes to microwaves, we generally are more machmir. I think minaga uh, oilam is to be more machmir. I think there's also a more problem of steam. I, there's a lot more steam in a microwave, I think, than, than in an oven. Um, but yeah, and it's also not clear how you kasher a, a, a microwave. So there are a lot more problems with the microwave. You can't just kasher it while you put it on for 20 minutes without anything in, you know. It will, destroy it or something like that. So some say put a glass of water, but all of these things, they're not mentioned really in the poskim. Um, you know, when you I say the poskim... for 24 hours? Like, so, okay, maybe, maybe if you wait 24 hours, um, could be, could be if you wait 24 hours and it's clean, then maybe Rabbi Lichtenstein will be Michael. Uh, it's very unclear to me the whole sugi of, of, of a microwave because the way it heats is different to any other uh, oven that we're talking about. Basically, the food itself gets hot and the oven stays cold. Is that a khumro or is that a kula? You know? Is it the answer? So that is cold, right? 
the actual uh, steam. The oven is not that so that because I was one of the issues before that right. the steam is going to hit the oven and the oven it, wall is uh, yad so let us go. Right. Here right. the oven wall is not yad so let us go. It's a good point. Good point. Not sure. Um, okay. Not sure. Not sure. Um, he says as follows. Yireni she'im natnu. Oh, sorry. We're going on to the dishwashers now. Uh, top. I don't think we'll have time to cover it all, but let's let's start. The Shulchan Aruch comes up with a uh, a very novel halacha. Yireni she'im natnu efer. He's talking about you, you have a large dairy pot, right? And, and there's, there's, uh, you put some afer, which is some ash, in that milchik pot full of water. And then you put meat pots in it, right? Even though that there is, you know, dirt on the meat pots, he said it's all good. Even though that the meat has still has residue meat stuck to the pot. Because the, the ash basically doesn't let the flavor go into the meat or the milk pots and therefore you can wash everything together. And based on this, one could argue that, okay, if, if well, well, let's see, before we get to that, do we accept the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch? Look at the Shach. Says this is not found in any posek. Hiskiru, and no one mentioned this. Gamba Beit Yosef lo hiskiru. Even in the Beit Yosef, he didn't mention it. Sounds like from the other poskim. Then shum takana la gil kli ben yomo im lo sheyesh b'maim shishim neger akli. You cannot do any type of hagala if there isn't sixty about the kli. Now it's interesting because. I don't think the Shulchan Aruch was talking about Hagala. Shulchan Aruch was basically talking about that there's no transfer of flavor and therefore it's not a problem to wash your meat and your milk. I'm not sure why the Shach is talking about Hagala, but um, nevertheless, he doesn't accept this halacha of the Shulchan Aruch. Says the Pitre Tshuva, No, not that the Isur cannot be Pagum, just because of the ash. He's saying that the afer, the ash, is enough to weaken the flavor so that there's no real mixture of meat and milk. That's what he's saying. It's not trying to be machshir the kalim. I think the shach understood that he was trying to be machshir the kalim. And the shach was saying, we never heard of such a thing. In the Pitre Tshuva, is explaining, no, that wasn't what the Shulchan Aruch was talking about. The Shulchan Aruch was talking about something else. Now, based on this, says Rav Ovadi Yosef, Also in our case, in a dishwasher, you put in all these chemicals of soap, etc. And they give a bad taste to the water and to the dishes. And therefore, Wild heter, says Ravavadya, you can even put meat and milk in the same dishwasher simultaneously. Because we know that the halacha is, not ten time is permitted. 
Maskana de Dina. So now he tells me the bottom line. One should teach that it is permitted regarding a dishwasher. Even simultaneously to wash meat and milk. And you want to be machner, says Rabbi Vadya, or what's good practice is to do the milk and then to do the meat. A one dishwasher. Says Rabbi Vadya, one dishwasher, meat, milk. I think there's a problem. Yeah. Because I think the dishwashers have a rinse cycle first before the soap goes in. Right? Yeah. You're, you're saying that the problem said. Yeah. That would go against what. He's assuming the soap goes in right away. Yes. So that's one of the timers against Rabbi Vadya. When does the, when does the soap already start uh, being uh, kind of injected it released, into it? Because has a, a thing, yeah. it's a, a cover, you close it, and <laughs> it's not released right away. Right. So that's. It that's, opens up after the. That's one time against Rabbi Vadya, and it could be that based on that, Rabbi Vadya might say it might be a problem. Um, it could be that all of these uh, trubas of Rav Moshe Feinstein and Rav Ovadia, it's difficult to put them because they were also talking about a different dishwasher. The old dishwashers, basically, they used to like become like a bath. The, the, the water used to fill up completely. Because the water used to fill up completely, and you put soap in it, so, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, you can't drink that water. Today's dishwashers are different. Basically, they shoot. They spray. They yeah. spray water. Now, the spraying on the water, let's say soap goes in, but the, the, I don't think the soap goes into the water. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it works. Um, and, it, you know, that water might be hit hot right. onto the meat and milk before right. the, the, the right, right. soap the, goes the in. The spray comes from one place and the soap comes from a different place. Correct. So if, if, if the water came from the one place and the spray came and the soap came from the other, mm then it could still be a problem. So all of these trubas of Rabbi Vadya, and, and, and the truth is even Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, which we, we, we're not going to do it inside, but basically Rabbi Rab Moshe Feinstein basically is makal if you change the racks and you do a cycle in between. But, uh, but people have argued that even Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was makal in the old, the old dishwasher where basically it filled up and therefore it kashered itself. Right? But, but, um, and then he's just worried about the ba'in. But... Um, but if in our case, where they spray the water, it could be that yesh makom yoter lachmir, even according to the uh, the igrot Moshe. Okay, um, just look at source number forty-two. Say for a kashrut. Yesh mekelim be'mechona lishtifat kelim be'tit lishtof ba'kli basar ba'chakar kli chalav. Some are makel to use it for meat and milk consecutively. If you want to do that, this is what you have to do. Number one, you have to remove, clean out the filter. Number two, preferable to swap the racks. Number three, if you're not going to swap the racks, then you have to wash them clean. Number four, wait 24 hours. Number five, so if you do a, a cycle and you put in the soap, then we don't have to worry because all those questions that you asked on Rabbi Vadya, Lichora would be answered, right? That means clean out the filter and you do a rinse beforehand. 
And if you do, with salt. And if you do that, according to Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, that would be okay. So that would be another uh, Michael approach. So definitely, yesh makom la'akel, yesh makom la'achmir, and you should ask your local or, uh, rabbinic authority. Yashakach.